Today on CityCast Chicago. Chicago sports have had a championship parade for the last five decades. The Bears in the 80s, the Bulls and Fire in the 90s, the Sox, Hawks, and Cubs in the 2000s and 2010s, and so far in the 2020s, the Chicago Sky. The reigning WNBA champions have kicked off their 2022 season, so we had to ask, can they become the first WNBA team to repeat in 20 years? It's Tuesday, May 10th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. The reigning WNBA champion Chicago Sky began the season last Friday at Wintrust Arena against the L.A. Sparks. Now, the Sky are without key pieces like finals MVP Kalia Copper, but they were in a position to win the game with two minutes left to go. Unfortunately, after some fatigue legs, sloppy turnovers, and a bad late foul call, I'm talking bad, they lost 98-91 in overtime. Don't worry, it's a long season, so I sat down with Janice Scurrio of the CHGO Sky Podcast to talk about the Sky's chance at back-to-back titles. Scurrio co-hosts the new pod with Sabria Whitaker. Me, you, and your co-host, Sabria Whitaker, were all in the building October 17th, 2021, when the Sky faced off in Game 4 of the WNBA Finals against the Phoenix Mercury. What do you remember about that game, Janice? Because I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, my goodness. It was so electric. Uh, it uh, Everything just happened so incredibly quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just went with a handful of my friends. Uh, we had seats locked in already. Uh, we, we just kind of sat on the corner right by the court. Uh, and uh, it, that was only maybe about my fourth or fifth WNBA game I had ever attended. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of knew what to expect at the same time, just that whole playoff energy. And I just kept on watching the scoreboard, man. I, I just kept on watching the points. And uh, you got to hand it to the Mercury, man. They they put up a hard fight. The tension in the building was electric. People were screaming. They were shouting like the fandom really showed out that day. When the buzzer sound, the Sky hoisted their first ever WNBA championship during the 25th anniversary of the league with hometown hero Candace Parker, tears running down her eyes. The game tying three in the final minutes, 16 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, four steals, the second championship in Candace Parker's career. I was close enough to see Candace just uh, putting her arms around players, like guiding players like Azure Stevens, Ruby Hebert, and just yeah. uh, just sharing her knowledge and, and the wealth of experience she's had. Being in the building, or even if you're just a fan of the WNBA, you know, watching that finals was really watching a bunch of legends go to work, right? The point god in Vandersloot, Candace Parker, but also on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. uh, with Skyler, with Diana, and one yeah. person who needs more and more attention, the the center for the Mercury, Brittany Griner, who has yes. been locked up in Russia since February after they claim they found hash oil vape cartridges in, in her bag. You know, she's facing potentially 10 years in prison. Have you heard anything from players or the league about Griner's situation as we're preparing to kick off the 26th season of the WNBA? Yeah, uh, just it's it's a very heartbreaking story, uh, and it's very concerning. And uh, from what I hear, uh, just uh, with the negotiations from the Department of State, I know they're 
working hard to get her back. Uh, but I do know that uh, her family also asked for privacy and also to uh, ask not to make too like much of a scene of it. So uh, that that's actually one thing that we talked about early on the show, uh, whether or not we really wanted to discuss Brittany Griner. Uh, and we both decided that it would be best uh, to save it for when she's home. It lives at the intersection of such a complex geopolitical system between the ongoing war in Ukraine to even the fact that WNBA players need to supplement their incomes by going overseas to play once the season is over. And so, you know, a much larger conversation has to be held, but we send all of our, our heart and our support to Brittany Griner's family. Our hope is that she can be brought back to the States, not for basketball, but just, uh, you know, for her own well-being and the well-being of her friends and family. You know, let's get to uh, the the end of the season, right? We've had a parade and, and, a, and a fall and winter to celebrate. But, of course, the offseason is key to rebuilding or maintaining a roster. Can you tell me what did the Sky's offseason look like, uh, starting with, you know, what were some of the biggest shocks of you from the offseason? Maybe new faces, old faces that left? The offseason wasn't too much of a shock to me. I kind of knew that Stephanie Dolson uh, probably was not coming back. Big especially. mama. Yeah, yeah, she was one of my favorites too. Um, uh, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, just, just really fantastic defensively. Uh, I, I think the sky uh, will definitely need to uh, replace uh, that amount of defense she put up. It, it didn't surprise me that they weren't going to bring her back, mm-hmm. especially after uh, Courtney Vandersloot was guaranteed uh, to come back. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do appreciate that there, uh, she was one of the earlier contracts that they locked in. I, I feel as if that the Vanderquigs is it, like they're definitely like like Civil War chess pieces. If I may make a <laughs> a, a, a brief Simpsons reference here, mm-hmm. you, you can't separate them. Yeah, and Courtney Vanderslut and Allie Quigley, if people don't know, they're also married off the court. Yes, yes, uh, uh, and I know Allie was kind of toying with the idea of retiring. Uh, neither of them really knew uh, what was going on. Then, uh, yeah, they, they both went overseas to play. Uh, for a little bit. It definitely didn't surprise me uh, that Courtney came coming back um, yeah. that Stephanie would probably have to go uh, just mainly because uh, the salary cap still presents a huge problem. The Diamond to Shields trade also didn't surprise me too much either. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I think uh, the Mercury of all teams is not necessarily where I thought she would go. Uh, so like like you said, we we lost Diamond to Shields, Stephanie Dawson, uh, but we ab- were able to re-sign you know, Courtney Vandersloot. Allie Quigley, uh, Kalia Copper, the the finals MVP, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously CP is here for another year. We don't know what the next year holds, but she's here for this year. You know, bringing at least those four major championship pieces back. Do you think that that puts not only Wade, the head coach, but also the the team in a good position coming out the gate? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the signing of Emma Miesemann is also going to help mm-hmm. greatly too. Uh, so yeah, you've got you got three Finals MVPs on the same team. I think that's absolutely crazy in a very good way. In a very good way. The only concern I had with the team going into this year and uh, Sabrina. Maria also had that the same concern too. Uh, is a uh, depth. Yeah. Uh, 
it seems as if, especially with the two preseason games, uh, the starters were all like mostly bench players with the exception of Emma. Uh, I, I know uh, Emma Miesemann is trying to uh, get in that leadership role. I know uh, we've discussed on the show before that uh, this guy are really in need of a backup Candace Parker and not necessarily uh, in terms of playing acumen, but in leadership skills. So like, can she uh, guide the younger players? We were having this discussion about whether preseason games really mattered all that much. Uh, I mean, it's preseason. It doesn't count. Like it it completely just does not matter when it comes to the, uh, the season standings. Uh, But also too, um, if if you expose a lot of those weaknesses, if like I say, if the bench is weak uh, and do you, do you necessarily have a strong team altogether? Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's one concern that Sabria and I uh, both had. We also have to account for uh, the big elephant in the room, which is injuries. Like last year, uh, Candace Parker missed a great chunk of time uh, just due to that ankle injury. And I know uh, Kalia Copper also also suffered an ankle injury when she was playing overseas. Um, Although I I know a lot of the EuroLeague accounts didn't seem to be too concerned with it. Uh, Kalia herself didn't seem to be too concerned with it either, but uh, it definitely kind of had me worried a little bit. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I know that both you and your co-host, Sabria, are so committed to growing the fandom, the reach, and the engagement of the game. You know, we just celebrated the 25th anniversary of the WNBA, which was a really good peg, right? The commercials were fire. You know, the the uh, marketing material, the energy just seemed hype. They said women couldn't dunk. We said, count it, that women couldn't play after having kids. Candace was an MVP making history. I mean, Dewana had twins. Can the WNBA carry that energy into this season? And do you feel like they're going to make that same investment without that sort of huge celebration hanging over the entire season? I believe so. Yeah. And I think a great example of this is uh, the All-Star Game that's going to be coming mm-hmm. to Chicago this summer. So summertime shy. I like, uh, uh, like give it to me. I need it. I, <laughs> I, 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 I need I need the summer. Uh, and so uh, I saw the announcement that uh, mm-hmm. WNBA Live is going to be an event now. Uh, there's going to be a three point competition as well as a skills competition and is just going to be a, a really fantastic uh, fan fest type event. And I'm super thrilled for that. Uh, it's the first time that uh, anything like this is is actually taking place, which I think is great. So it's going to be a really fantastic opportunity for the WNBA to uh, grow its market reach. It's also going to be a really fantastic opportunity for the city of Chicago to show out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, growing the game. Uh, but that's that's one thing that we talk about all the time on our podcast is like, uh, like how, how can we perform outreach in the most effective way possible? And so as someone who's a relatively new fan myself, I can tell you that uh, even though I've always been kind of like a casual WNBA fan, like I, I knew who I always have known who Candace Parker was, like especially to a lot of my other uh, favorite players uh, like Sue Bird. 
um, mm-hmm. Diana Taurasi. I've, I've always loved watching those players, uh, but I've never really had a team. And so it wasn't until last year where a couple of my friends were like, like, let's go to a WNBA game. And all this time mm-hmm. I was like, why didn't I think of this sooner? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, One thing you all did say, mentioning the names that you just said, right? Parker, Bird, Taurasi. The league has, since its inception, has really relied on those key stars to drive. But one of the points you all made was we need to make sure we're investing in the younger players. So when you got a person like Kali Akapa who got swag, who got a hell of a game that translates, you know, you got people coming up in the ranks, uh, you know, uh, is it Caitlin uh, Clark from uh, Iowa? You got all these young players coming up. How, how can the league make sure that it positions itself to not only rely on the Tarasis and the Parkers and the Birds and the Hammonds, but invest in this, this next generation of players? Because they're going to be fine. I think social media is a very powerful tool. Uh, the Sky especially, they do a really great job with their uh, TikTok and their, their Instagram. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I, I always pay attention to what other WNBA teams are doing with their social media, too. I think uh, the Fever is also producing a lot of fun content. 26 years into the league, as you talk to current players and former players, what are you hearing are the major concerns that the league still needs to address as we as we move into this next 25? I did uh, remember my conversation with uh, Candace Dupree, this guy's first ever draft pick. That was so cool to talk to her. And uh, she said that the league has certainly improved uh, when it comes to things like travel accommodations for players and just making sure players are, are more comfortable in general, like on the road. Uh, we know all of the Tarasis and the Birds and the Candace Parkers and all those all, all those people. But like, say, uh, how do we uh, say pass that on to a younger generation to get fans excited about those players too. And I also think uh, with ESPN uh, introducing a W Fantasy League, I think that's super cool too. Uh, I just joined a league and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get smoked because I, I, I get smoked in all my fantasy sports. <laughs> Uh, last time we talked to Sky on CityCast, we had Chris Pennant, one of the co-hosts of the Skyhook, yeah. and Annie Costable, the the fantastic writer from the Chicago Sun-Times. And I asked both of them to predict how the playoffs was going to go. And I'm not going to lie. We were all coy. We're all like, <laughs> oh, we want them to win, but we don't know. That's that's understandable. Yeah. I got to ask them the same thing to you, Janice. Going into this season, if you had to put your money down now, what's your – and I know y'all do a lot of betting ads on the podcast. But if, you, <laughs> if you had to put your money down – Will the sky repeat as WNBA champs uh, at the end of this season? You know what? I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to say, <laughs> y- you know what? I, I know uh, folks like like Chris and Annie were probably being a little more reserved, just mainly because at the time, uh, the sky broke 500. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was honestly just like so difficult to tell uh, at, at that point in time. And, and then, then they won those single elimination games, and then the rest is right. history. Uh, so just the structure of how uh, or the playoff structure is set up and how the league is set up. Um, yeah, you, you really can't like make those snap judgments like that. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm just going to do a complete uh, heel turn and just say, you know what? Yeah, they're, they're going to run it back. They're, they're going to run it back. The, the league is on notice. Uh-huh. Janice Scurrio is one of the co-hosts of the CHGO new podcast, The Sky Podcast. Thank you for joining us here at CityCast. Thank you for having me, Jacoby. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Mayor Lightfoot says the city is pledging half a million dollars to safe access to abortion for residents and out-of-towners. She says the money will go towards transportation, lodging, and if necessary, a safe procedure. 
After School Matters has opened applications for summer classes and paid internships for Chicago teens aged 14 and older. There's some good news to get you through. It's been a long month and a half of mostly rainy, gray, cloudy skies, and this week we could see some 80 and 90 degree days. Mom's already said she barbecuing midweek, so you know I'm gonna be out there. And remember, for events to fill up your calendar and more Chicago stories, like Sydney Mann's write-up on student debt in Chicago, check out our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. I don't know what I don't know what any of that means.